I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose. Each week, we answer health topics in a smart and sometimes counterintuitive way you won't hear anywhere else. Like, what's the least amount of exercise I can do to get the benefits? Which psychedelics can improve my mental health? And how can I check for cancer if I don't have a family doctor? Top experts help me bring you what you need to know in plain language in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. It's time for Ask Me Anything, the Summer Travel Edition. As of September, complaints will be heard within 30 days, with mediators from the Canadian Transportation Agency empowered to hold airlines accountable and require them to compensate passengers. Almost every time our flight's delayed and we've never been compensated at all for it. You can go to the Canadian Transportation Agency and file a claim through the Air Passenger Protection Regulations. Airlines need to be honest. Don't, uh, don't be overbooking and don't, uh, don't be hosing customers and charging extra. Changes are coming to the so-called Passenger Bill of Rights. The Canadian Transportation Agency wants to clarify the rules on how travellers can file a complaint and when they're entitled to compensation from airlines. And the CTA has also started consultations to hear from you directly. Last month, the Liberals passed new legislation that aims to toughen penalties on airlines, address the complaints process, and close loopholes that have stopped passengers from getting refunds in the past. Those changes are expected to come into effect over the next several months. In the meantime, the CTA is dealing with a backlog of more than 52,000 complaints. For the next 30 minutes, you can ask any questions you have about the Passenger Bill of Rights and air travel, and we have two guests here who can provide I don't know. It says all the answers in the script. Let me say almost all the answers. I'll leave a little bit of wiggle room there for both of you. Ian Jack Jack is the Vice President of Public Affairs for the Canadian Automobile Association, a non-profit travel agency. And Shalene Dudley is the CEO of Latitude Concierge Travels. And they are here to take your calls, answer your questions. You can ask them anything. 1-888-416-8333. Ian and Shalene, thanks for joining us. Now, I Thanks think, for having me. Yeah, I think, Ian, Ian you might be uh, muted. Can you uh, just try saying hello And again? there we are. Thank you so much for having us. Sorry about hey. that. Yeah, <laughs> no problem at all. Uh, Ian, even though you're muted, I will still start with you <laughs> um, because I know you're unmuted now. What are the problems with how the so-called Passenger Bill of Rights has been working so far? Well, it, it would be a shorter interview if you asked me what's working well uh, with the system, <laughs> I think. Uh, but I'll, tr- I'll try to be tight on this. I mean... Uh, you know, I, the original sin, I would say, of this system that was put in place in about 2019 is that it was made um, very complicated. The regulators tried to anticipate every little thing that could possibly go wrong, um, and they gave a lot of you know, loopholes, frankly, to the carriers. Um, you know, one example on that is that if there's a safety-related issue with an aircraft, they don't um, owe anybody on board any compensation under most circumstances. Well, 
um, if a carrier says there's a safety problem with with the air, uh, aircraft, who are we to say that that's not true? Uh, on, only one party in this knows whether that's true or not, and that's the carrier. So from the beginning, we flagged that you know if this system was going to work, it had to be simple and clear and accessible to the average Canadian. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm not an aeronautical engineer. I'm not <laughs> in a position to judge their claim about this mechanical problem. And what we've seen, of course, is the carriers have used uh, loopholes like that to say, nope, not going to pay you. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I was flying the day that Air Canada had an internal software problem that led to a huge number of delays and cancellations. And the email I got when they said my flight from Toronto to Vancouver was delayed was, I, I wish I had the phrase in front of me, but whatever it was, it, it was kind of, I, I understood each individual word, but the words together <laughs> didn't, you know, when you put all the words together, it didn't really yeah. make sense. And it certainly didn't say this is a software problem that we are having internally yeah. that's creating the disruption. So yeah, it's it's hard to navigate through this. Uh, and that's what happens when you when you set up an overly legalistic and overly complicated system, right? You end up with lawyers on various sides kind of writing these things mm -hmm. um, instead of them just sort of saying in plain language, which they're supposed to do, by the way, under the regulations, um, what the issue was. But I mean, I tell you, um, a lot of the uh, issues they would tell you um, you know, you'd have to spend a fair bit of time, detective work, trying to figure out what that means for you. What are you owed, mm -hmm. given what they're telling you? Even if you can believe what they're telling you, it's still not always clear what that means for you. It's a very yeah. complicated process. And I that, think that needs to be simplified. Yes. And I also think there needs to be a duty on all the airlines to disclose exactly what the problem was. And I'll give you uh, like a good story about Air Canada. I, I recently flew from Moncton to Toronto, a flight that was, uh, again, like just delayed, delayed, delayed. But to his credit, the pilot said to us when we were on board what the problem was. And he said it, it originated in Toronto. There weren't enough baggage handlers. And so the flight was delayed out of Toronto and that sort of compounded things. And those those uh, airline, those baggage handlers are Air Canada employees. So clearly it was a problem that was uh, of their making and I appreciated the, the honesty. Uh, Shaleen, you, you deal with your uh, clients all the time who are traveling to all kinds of cool places, right? Because you do a lot of uh, uh, events, I mm -hmm. think, uh, on behalf of your clients. Uh, we've talked to you in the past and there've been good times and bad times in the Canadian travel yeah. industry. H how are things going so far in this summer travel season? Uh, not as uh, chaotic as the past, especially winter. That was a challenge. But mm -hmm. right now, the the issues with baggage are a little more quiet. The issues now are delays in flights. We had clients last week on their way to a wedding, and they were delayed uh, seven hours. So that they lose a whole day of uh, you know a planned milestone event, and then all they have through the week is anxiety about the return home, which was also delayed. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's just a lot of uh, hold on and wait. There's a lot of me over communicating to make <laughs> sure that they understand that this is a possibility. But, you know, all in all, um, I just have my guests be prepared for anything that can happen at this point. And usually it, it, it's just been fright delays right now. Yeah, but you know, one of the nice things as a customer, if you deal with a travel agent, is that all of a sudden you have somebody who can help you out. Um, but right. what's it like being on your end when, like that case, you know, hours long delay, lots of clients who are fuming. And so they call hmm. Shalene and say, I don't know, fix it. Then what do you do? Shalene uh, gets on hold for hours on end uh, <laughs> as well. <laughs> And you're not making Shalene, money for that, right? No. And, you know, that's always a part of the balance here. You want to give your clients personalized service and you want them to feel secure booking with you as a travel agent. 
Um, and then all you feel on this end is the anxiety of your client and trying to get them an answer before they make a decision on their end that could hold up or, you know, circumvent what you're already working on. So mm-hmm. um, I have two phones for that reason that uh, <laughs> so, I can kind of message them and call the airline or the tour operator at the same time and see what answers I can provide for them. Um, most of the time, my clients have their own phone numbers uh, to use on their end, but because obviously everybody is is having the same issue, I try to circumvent on my side and see who I can get um, a, a better answer for them so they can make a good decision. I'm really looking forward to to the remainder of this program for a couple of reasons. One is this is a country, because we're so big, a lot of people travel for lots of reasons, from seeing family to to going on vacation to doing business. A lot of people have had these uh, these problems. And for both of you, you can give uh, our callers uh, some really good practical advice about what's possible and what's uh, not possible. one 416 is our phone number. cbc.ca slash aircheck is another way to reach us. Our two experts are here to answer your questions about travel disruptions, about the Air Passenger Bill of Rights, uh, or any other travel questions that you have that deal with trying to resolve issues. And let's go to our first caller. Robert Roscoe is in St. John, New Brunswick. Hi, Robert. Hi, Ian. Uh, hello from the Maritimes. Yeah, always nice to get a call from, from the Maritimes. And, and, and tell me your situation, and then I'll direct it to either one or both of our uh, experts. Yeah, actually, this is very timely. It actually involves my son, who traveled yesterday. I uh, was flying from Fredericton going to San Diego. Uh, the flight in Fredericton got delayed multiple times due to a lack of ground staff. So it was a ground delay mm-hmm. in Montreal. That caused the flight, uh, causing the missed the flight to San Diego. Uh, they end up rebooking him to Toronto, and they got in around midnight. Uh, no offer to put them up overnight because the next flight was supposed to be sometime tomorrow afternoon or this afternoon. Uh, they managed to Air Canada managed to rebook them on a different airline to uh, San Diego. Uh, and they were delayed, but they finally got there this afternoon, thankfully, around 3 o'clock, which is probably better than a lot of other stories. But the other issue we're running into now um, is that there's no luggage. And when he approached the uh, airline with the luggage, uh, there seems to be uh, two finger pointing, like who is responsible? Is it Air Canada or is it the other airline that's responsible, even though Air Canada was the booking agent? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm just concerned, I guess, like there was no, I've flown in the past, and if there was really delays, we used to get a, a food voucher to go have something to eat. Um, if we were delayed overnight, sometimes, you know, they offered us a place to stay, and, and it just seems like there was no offer for any help here, and he's right now trying to uh, get some clothes for him and his partner there to at least start today, because he, he's not sure if and when or who to contact about his luggage. Yeah, this, um, this is a fantastic uh, question, Robert, because not only is it uh, like a big part of it, I think a lot of people who are listening can relate to, but then there's the added little twist here where Air Canada put your uh, son and his partner on a different airline for the second part of the flight. So th- this is this is interesting. And I think I'll go to both of our experts and 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 see, you know, what you'd say. Uh, Shalene, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if Robert's son was your customer, what would mm-hmm. you be telling him about the delays, about the baggage, about the hotel overnight? Uh, what advice would you have for him? Um, so in the current situation, it would be different than what I would probably have said before. So okay. in, in the current situation, 
um, whenever your bags are moved from airline to airline, you should keep that, you know, the little sticker that we often disregard that's put on the back of your boarding pass that has a barcode so that your bag can be tracked. So at this point, I would ask him to look at the Air Canada one and, and probably the partner they used um, to see who has the bag at the current time. I would also start a bag claim now. Um, we often forget to do that. And there's a window for that issue um, to be so you can have a claim for lost or damaged bags. Um, you would have to then call the 800 number associated with the airline at the airport within which it should land. So that's another way to track it. This happened to me in Austin last month. So I was able to, in the airport itself, call the helpline and get an operator that could help track the bag. Um, and then it was found, uh, it was in the airport, but it was just in a, in a different location. Um, for the future, um, insurance that you purchase that has baggage and trip interruption and delay can assist with these little issues. And you're absolutely correct. Airlines are not all offering vouchers anymore. With um, trip interruption or delay, after three-hour delay, you can automatically receive a $40 credit to your account, which would be something you could use to offset food or maybe entering an airport lounge. And then every hour that that occurs, you receive another credit up to $140 per passenger. This has to be registered once you buy the insurance, but it's a little something in between the compensation you expect that you may or may not receive that at least help you in travel so that you can have a little bit of, uh, I guess, a window or a, a pillow to land on while you're trying to figure out what to do next. That money can also be used uh, for clothing and trip interruption and delay also has that yeah. included in it as well. Ian, Jack, I'm going to go to you in just a sec, but uh, Shalene, I just have one follow-up question. How much is that insurance? It depends on the cost of your flight. So the last time I looked at one, it was about 10% of the total. Um, so it just depends on where you're going. Yeah. So um, that's a lot though, right? 10%. It is a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It is a lot. It's not a small amount. So even when you're doing um, a full package, so let's say you have a package that's $1,500, mm -hmm. it could be about 10 to 12% total if you do a full um, PPP, for if we're talking about Manulife, a premium protection plan that also has medical and cancellation within it. Okay, let's go to Ian Jack now. And Ian, uh, so Shalene talked about the, the baggage issue. There's some other issues here that uh, Robert has has yep. brought up. Uh, the overnight, for example, the hotel. Um, yep. Weigh in, uh, what sort of sure. advice do you have for him? Um, a few thoughts. The first is to, to cycle back for a moment is that uh, some people's credit cards have insurance built in. It's, it's not going to be mm -hmm. as comprehensive and you may or may not have it, but... You know, sadly, travel these days, uh, a lot of us have difficulty. A lot of things can go wrong. So uh, just stepping back for a moment from the specifics of this and uh, what would be to say um, either, unfortunately, these days, I think it's a very good investment to get that travel insurance. Um, mm -hmm. You may have it through your workplace or you may have it on your credit card. So check that first. You can call your credit card uh, and ask a company and ask them. So there may be a way to get at least some of those protections without having to pay the money. Um, but generally speaking, you, you want some kind of insurance, number one. Number two, um, another important point that was made is just document, document. Sadly, we kind of have to assume something might go wrong when we start our, our travel. So whether it's keeping mm -hmm. those stubs, whether it's taking a screenshot of the display in the airport, 
that shows when the uh, flight was supposed to take off and what the delay and how long the delay is and so on. This is important documentation to have in case you do have to file um, a case later. And uh, finally, uh, what I've started doing now, um, I've become very good at not checking a bag. That's not possible for everybody, and I'm not saying it was possible in this particular situation, but um, really think hard about whether you can get to where you need to get to without having to pack a bag. I mean, I've taken to uh, sending laundry out from the hotel sometimes when I'm traveling mm -hmm. just so that I don't need to pack that suitcase. And the cost of that, frankly, is less than um, some of the baggage insurance that you might you might have to pay for. So there's various things we can we all, um, again, sadly kind of need to do. Um, in this particular case, I'll say, number one, um, the airline actually did one thing right, and it's thanks to the passenger protections that were put in place in 2019. There's a requirement if they can't book you on one of their own flights within a in a timely fashion, they have to look outside. They have to put you on a partner airline, even if they don't work with that airline, and they're in effect buying you a ticket. So that went well. On the other hand, uh, vouchers, the overnight hotel stay. Um, they're not always doing it, but they should be the carriers. And that can be a part of the basis of a claim that would be made for out-of-pocket expenses. Um, and then the baggage, again, I come back to, man, are there problems with baggage everywhere these days. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's a tough one. It really is. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose. Each week, we answer vital health questions that will help you thrive. Like, what does my mental health have to do with my gut? How can I prevent melanoma? How much sleep do I really need? And how can I manage my health without a family doctor? I chat with the top experts to bring you the latest evidence in plain language, all in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I'm and so fantastic points from both of you. I would say on the credit card thing, one of my sons is is like, you know, he should be in the business you guys are in. Uh he travels a fair amount and is really savvy about it and uh and and he was uh, he's a big advocate of using and I won't mention a brand name, but his particular credit card and it gives him up to Five hundred dollars uh, for uh, mm -hmm. overnight trip interruption, so you can stay at the airport hotel and you can have a nice meal, and and they deal with it very quickly. So uh, these are all things that don't help Robert's son right now, but uh, mm -hmm. on the front end, you can do, um, you know. And again, you know these these things I'm mentioning, these credit that particular credit card is not cheap. Uh, travel is not cheap. Yep. There must be a lot of people who are listening who are saying, oh, you know, um, I wish I had those problems. But the fact is there are a lot of people who travel for, you know, just seeing their family in the summertime. Yep. And a lot of people well, find themselves. So, yeah. It's one of the reasons we started pushing for these these passenger protections many years ago. And again, unfortunately, the system that's come out isn't working particularly well. But this is exactly the point we made, Ian. Um, uh, you know, people who travel a lot for business or travel agents or frequent flyers of whatever sort, um, have some protections built in. They have lines they can call. I mean, in the current situation, there are so many things going wrong that even some of them get hooped. But um, most Canadians are traveling maybe once a year, mm -hmm. you know, and they're going to Cuba for their one getaway or they're going to visit family in Kelowna, mm -hmm. whatever they're doing. They don't have access to the, uh, the you know, the top tier uh, traveler concierge phone number and so on. Mm -hmm. um, what about them? Um, they should have some protections too. Um, and again, we have them, but they're, uh, as you said, over 50,000 complaints in the backlog right now. The system mm -hmm. is clearly clogged and not working yeah. that well. 
We have less than 10 minutes. We're going to have to do this uh, segment again another day because there's so much stuff. Uh, so many people are calling in, but but let's try to, I'll try to squeeze in as many calls as I can in this remaining 10 minutes. Debbie Riley, another call from Fredericton. Hi, Debbie. Hi. Uh, I, I should say another call from New Brunswick. You are in Fredericton. <laughs> the one before was from St. John. Um, and you have yeah. a question for Shalene. Uh, what's your question? Yes, I'll try to make it short. Sure. Um, a large airline that is based in the Netherlands, but flies out of Canada, charged my son double for a ticket. Mm-hmm. We went through their whole system, um, and we respected their time frames. But doing that, when they said no to a uh, refund, we exhausted the time frames for his credit card. Um, mm. So short of getting on a flight to Amsterdam and beating on their front door, I don't know what else we can do. And the thing is, it's $3,000. It's not something that we, I feel like that we can just give up about, but I don't know where to go next. Um, So your first stop is Tico. Um, So we have to, we as consumers in Ontario have Tico. Um, So you can't really use it where you are, but I would still go and just double check that that airline is even accredited with them. Um, right. That way we know they have some kind of governance. Um, your next step would be, so I had to do this with people for Air Portugal in the beginning of COVID. Um, there's a okay. lot of layers to a lot of their websites and other phone numbers that possibly are there to call um, to find out how else you can escalate the issue. I'm not sure the airline, obviously, we're not going to mention it here. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, I think I've seen other people reach out to the alliances they're a part of. So if that airline is, in, let's say, Star Alliance, you can find their right. other partners to find out where they would send someone for complaints. And honestly, this sounds menial, but I have gone to Twitter for things even for mm-hmm. myself, like say Greyhound. I've had an issue with them before. And usually customer care in there has been more helpful than the 800 numbers. So exhaust all those other avenues as well. And if you need to reach out to me, I can also dig a little bit on my end. If you can find my contact info, I'd love to try to help. Uh, One other thing I'd mention is, have you tried, uh, let me just, have you tried the credit card company? Yes, but see why we respected the timeframes that were given us by oh, I see, this right. yes. yep. airline, yep. Yep. We, mm-hmm. because that's what we felt was the right thing to do. Then the credit card said, oh, well, you know, we can't help you now. It's too late. I'm sorry. Yes, you did say that earlier. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Super, super quick, Ian. So, yep. I'll just throw out one other idea for you. And I, this is not the only thing I would do, but you might want to do it in parallel. Um, the Europeans have um, an air passenger uh, regime as well. And what sprung up there is a lot of third parties operating through websites that'll take on your case and for a cut of it, do the work for you. Um, I'm not going to recommend anybody in particular, but you might want to do a little bit of Googling, take a look at that. And if, if it's 3000 bucks that you're out and you know they take 10% of it, you might still be better off than yeah. getting nothing. Again, that would not be the only thing I would try, but uh, these sites are fairly easy to use and you might be able to start a claim there at the same time if you're not getting any joy through um, through the airline website. Okay, I need to jump in now, even though I know uh, we haven't uh, dealt with all of the issues there, but I do want to get one more call in, and I'll direct this, Ian, to you. Um, Ankit uh, Bansal is in Edmonton. Hi, Ankit. Hello. Um, what's uh, your question for Ian Jack? Yes, thank you for the opportunity. So um, we bought two tickets uh, from um, India, to from Delhi to Edmonton, 
back in April, and um, and the stopover was in Montreal. Um, and so our um, a day before our flight, in fact, the same day, uh, we got a notification from Air Canada that the flight is going to be cancelled, and um, and that was it. And they said just. Um, stay tuned basically um and then we've had to um call them several times to get them to book us on um diff- different flights with air canada but different flights um two days after so overall like we got to a destination for more than 48 hours um up um after than we were supposed to be at so um my question is and when i when i filled the uh, comp- uh, their claim form on their website and they have come back to me and they have said that um um it, it that this flight was delayed due to unforeseen maintenance and does not include scheduled maintenance or um, mechanical problems identified during the scheduled maintenance is mm-hmm. determined to be within our control, but required for the safety-related reasons, and you're not eligible for the comp- compensation. So my question is, the airline, this, I feel this is a loop, loophole um, for the airlines that they are using, because I don't know whether it was indeed for the safety-related reasons or not. Yeah, that's a great question. And you you spelled it out really nicely. And uh, we've got uh, about two minutes left or maybe two and a half minutes. Uh, Uh, Ian, I'll start with you. And Shalene, I'll go to you either on this or Mm -hmm. a final comment. But Ian, uh, in two minutes, what would you say to Amkin? I'll I'll do do it shorter than that. Um, uh, You're quite right. (laughs) That is a loophole. Uh, It was identified by us and lots of other people early on in the process. Uh, This won't help you, uh, but that loophole uh, is going to be addressed um, in the new set of regulations that are coming out by this winter. So the government is uh, slowly learning some lessons about the system. Hopefully it'll be better for the future. In your particular case, um, I wouldn't take them at their word if I were you. Um, When you file with a carrier, they have 30 days to get back to you. Uh, If they get back to you and you don't like what they have to say, you can then file with the regulator. It's called the Canadian Transportation uh, Agency, CTA. Uh, It'll pop up on the first page of Google if you go looking for it. Um, They have a form that is, you know, it's a government form, but it's not the worst government form you'll ever see. So (laughs) you can fill it out. um, And um, I would challenge that. Uh, there's no guarantee, but we've seen a lot of this happening. And again, that's the lawyers knowing what the loopholes are and trying to take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. That's Sorry. fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Um, well, thanks, Ian. Uh, all the news, you know, isn't going to be good, but uh, but your advice is uh, is fantastic. Um, let me see now. Yeah, Shalene, how about uh, a minute either on that caller or just a last word to travelers generally? No, I, I absolutely agree with that the only thing I would say is pack your patience because obviously another backlog, but even the standard time is about 18 months, right? I think that's what they're um, projecting on their site. So nothing that's going to come right away, but still to be steadfast and and push through. I have seen clients process their claims multiple times and then get the answer they were looking for. That's the interesting side of this. It's kind of a, depending on who you get, what answer you're going to receive. Yeah. One of the key changes that's coming is to reverse the onus. Right now, the passenger has to make a case, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, they're going to change that so that the carrier has to pay out, and then they can go to the regulator and say, well, we don't think we should have had to. Mm-hmm. And then they can fight from there. But in the meantime, people should be getting their money a lot faster. Absolutely. 
Well, you know what? We have uh, lots of people who aren't going to get on the program today. So you don't have to commit both of you to this right now, but let me just throw it out here. I hope we can get both of you on again. I hope we can do uh, another version of this AMA. Like we're only in mid-July. We have a lot of summer travel left and uh, both of you know the file so well. It's, uh, It's been great hearing your advice, a lot of really practical advice. So thank you very much to both of you. A pleasure, Ian. Thanks for having us. If you'll show up, I'll show up. Okay. I'll be here. Okay. Well, there you go. We've already booked a future AMA. All we have to do is figure out the date. Thanks to both Mm -hmm. of you. Ian Jack is the Vice President of Public Affairs for the Canadian Automobile Association, a non-profit travel agency. And Shaleen Dudley is the CEO of Latitude Concierge Travels. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.